Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. What did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck yeah. Take it out, take it out. Now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. He had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch, I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. No, fuck it, let's go. All right, Josh. Yo, you're recording. There you go. You do it anyway. All right, guys, welcome to episode 103. 103 or 104? 103, uh, I don't know. Uh, 103 of You Watch, I Listen. Um, still in quarantine, still doing our thing. Life, it seems like things are starting to calm down. Who knows when that is, when everything goes back to actual normal. Um, as far as normal being going to concerts and movies and things of that nature, uh, we've probably got about a year to go until then. And everything like that. And everything like that. Fucking shit doesn't work. <laughs> what doesn't work, Taylor? Goddamn AirPods. Brand new. Brand new MacBook Pro. You'd think it would be fucking seamless, but no. It's got to give me a problem. Sitting here for a goddamn hour trying to figure this bullshit out. It's horse shit. I don't like it. I don't want it. It stinks and I don't like it. You know what will make it feel better? I'm not going to lick your butthole, dude. No, I was going to say if you lick my butthole. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so before we get started, um, I have to announce the winner of our uh, episode title contest. Um, I'm actually grateful. We had a lot of submissions, a lot of DMs. Uh, some really inappropriate stuff sent to our email. One of them just said, fuck you, Dan. Um, ah, right. Which is a good right. episode title. Uh, but this one's actually Taylor. The winner of the contest is actually a guy, um, Josh, you and I know. Uh, we gra- he graduated a year ahead of us. Uh, Brett Healy, uh, if you remember Brett, he was an up the mountain kid. Uh, he came up with the title, Hang Up on the Fanatic and Goldfinger Me. And Goldfinger Me wins every single time. Uh, so, Brett, uh, you won a Primal Urge Foods meat stick box. Uh, I already talked to Brett. He's going to come by. I, it turns out Brett lives two minutes from me. I had no idea. Oh, um, you don't say. 
So uh, it's it's nice. Um, but his gold finger me. Anytime you put finger me in anything, it wins. Anytime you finger me, you win. Finger in your butt, dude. Exactly. So, um, guys, we'll start out. Josh, how was your week? Uh, pretty solid all around. I did a lot of things. Uh, watched a lot of stuff. Played a lot of games. Uh, I'm kind of getting used to life in quarantine, which is bad because when it's time to go back to work, I'm not gonna wanna. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know for me, it's like, this is like how I'd want to live, like seeing as few people as possible. So it's going to be very difficult when things go back to actually having to like socialize with people that aren't my friends regularly. Um, Taylor, how about you? How was your week? Uh, opposite of both of you. I'm ready to get the fuck back to normal. I think it's about goddamn time. Open the shit back up little by little. Enough is enough. I'm fucking over it. Stop. Just fucking let's yeah. go. You're going to be waiting a while longer, bud. Yeah, it's 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 stupid. I I don't even want to get into my real feelings about it because I'm gonna piss a lot of people off. But no, you're not because you're saying the same thing five fifty other people have said already. So you're just piling on. Most people agree with you. I'm just I don't know. It's we have to start opening things up little by little. Be safe and smart about it. But to sit here and tell me that we can't open up a fucking gym, but everything's gonna be fine. We're gonna arrest them, but we're gonna we're gonna let people out of jail who are convicted felons, and this guy just wanted to get a quick fucking set in, and you're going to arrest him, and that's not an essential business? I don't know. I'm pissed off. My AirPods don't work. The world's upside down. This is bullshit. Come on. Let's talk about the fucking stupid bullshit movie you gave me. Come on. All right. So before we get started, uh, we got to give a shout out to our friends over at Primal Urge. Guys, you're still quarantined. You're stuck. You've had it with this shit. You need something to get you through. I'll tell you what has been getting me and Taylor through all this COVID-19 nonsense, and that's our Primal Urge our Primal Urge to Fuck, and Primal Urge Beef Sticks. Primal Urge sent Taylor and me free monthly subscriptions to cover us for the next few months because they're fans of the show. I've been eating them at home. Taylor's been eating them at work, sharing them with his father, his co-worker, and we love them. They're delicious, absolutely fantastic. Now, Taylor, if someone wanted to get Primal Urge Beef Sticks, where should they go? I wish I didn't take a strawberry right then. Uh <laughs> You go to www.primalurgefoods.com, use promo code YWIL for uh, 20% off your subscription. Yes, yeah, stupid. You shouldn't be trying to eat something right when you know I'm going to go to you. I didn't know I wasn't paying attention <laughs> about the strawberries. So you heard Taylor. Go to www.primalurgefoods.com, enter promo code YWIL to get 20% off your um, subscription, and you'll get meat sticks. And then maybe one day Taylor will show you his meat stick because I am going to show you mine. If you ask um, nicely and it's consenting. Uh, okay. One, one of those. Yes. The other one. No, I'm not going to say which. Doesn't speak for me. Shut up. No, Taylor, we know you hate consent. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even that funny, really. That's like, that's terrible. I know. I'm sorry. I'm blowing up your spot. People shouldn't know that about you before they go out in public, but, uh, not true. Now I'm going to sue you (laughs) for what? Slander. All all, you're going to sue me for all of it. Okay. All right. So um, why don't we just do the album first? Because I think we have a lot to say about the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Literally, like what Josh and I had a running commentary. So Josh, you were watching the movie. 
I started like right when you texted me a certain part. I followed along with you. Just, just I wanted to get your initial reactions. You did not disappoint. Yeah. All right. So we'll get to that. Um, so, Taylor, you gave me, uh, as Brett gave in our title, uh, the album Hang Ups by the band Goldfinger came out in 1998. Um, if you played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, you know the main track on this album, the first track on the album, Superman. If you're a fan of the movie Kingpin, one of my favorite comedies ever, it's heavily featured in that as well. Um, it actually made me go watch Kingpin after my first listen through because i was like i gotta watch it now um this is a great album uh you know ska is one of those really interesting genres that uh they don't really rely on distortion on the guitar which i like it's a really clean sound on guitar the bass is always sick because it's punk influence musically with most ska you can't go wrong um i loved everything about this album no song got less than a four um and the one song that was really interesting was smp or as i called it simp um it's only a it's only a minute it's only a minute long and in the beginning it has like a porno sound to it and then it gets heavy it almost sounds like rage against the machine and it's only a minute long it's a minute long five minute five star song so i like that a lot superman's a five obviously my head's a five if only is a four the lonely place is a five 20 cent goodbyes a four um one of the songs you wanted me to highlight question fantastic that's a five that song yeah. is awesome um disorders a four my favorite song on the album was carlita um, I gave that a five that I love the vocals on that. Uh, he, he showed the most range in there. You, you realize how good of a singer this guy actually is and how good the backup vocals are as well. And then at the end, it has this really cool, like funky jazz breakdown for the last minute or so. That song was awesome. Uh, too late was a four. The other song you wanted me to highlight. I need to know was a five. Another great one on there. Authority was a four. Uh, I already said simp is a five. The last time was a five. And Chris, Chris Caton was one of my favorite songs on there too. Chris Caton was so dumb and simple. And then it, it ends up being like a 37 minute song, but it's all hidden tracks. And one of them is about McNuggets. And yeah, it's, like, it's really cool. That. Um, but this whole album, I love start to finish. Uh, I, I went for a drive the other day, listening to it. Great driving album, which is one of my always my standards with these kind of things. Uh, but musically fantastic lyrically, not heavy handed, very simple, a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, there isn't a thing on here. I change, even though not every song is a, f a five, the album is a five out of five. Cause there isn't a song on there worth skipping over. Uh, I loved it. Start to finish. Yeah, and just, the, like I said, going from that fucking crazy shit that I gave you last week, Infant Annihilator, yeah. it's just, you know, this is the polar opposite of that. It's Absolutely. Fun. And that's really just what you need out of music sometimes. You know, sometimes you look for technicality. Sometimes you just need, you know, you need just a basic blast beat or you need just fucking, you need trombones in the chorus. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's a great summer album. Like, great when you're sitting outside. It's so much fun to listen to. Uh, you don't need to sit there and, like, think like it's some deep philosophical album. Like, you go from a song where the lyrics could be a little, you know, deeper than you expect. And they get a song like Chris Caton. Uh, where it's, it's very just fun and loose and about some dude they know that taught him how to skate and they called him Satan because he threw up the metal sign. All the time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was an awesome album, man. I really enjoyed this. It was so much, especially going from the one last week, like you said to this, it was such like a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. I, it's like when you were outside during the day in the summer and you walk in the air conditioning, you're just like, oh, that's what this was like. So a five out of five on Goldfinger Hang Up. Strongly recommend this album. Okay, cool. So for the movie... Uh, yeah, you gave me the fanatic starring John Travolta, written directed by uh, the one and only Fred Durst. Yeah. Um. So, as me and Josh talked about in our text today, the guy that wrote this movie also wrote Break Stuff. 
Uh, yeah. he, and he, he named an album Chocolate Starfish. Uh, Hot Dog Flavored Water. He rhymed here with here in the same song. Um, variety of different things. He drowned in milk in a music video. <laughs> Great song. Yeah, right. That's the only good thing about it. Um, this movie sucks, dude. It is bad. Like, <laughs> I know. Really bad. It is next level, stupid, fucking awful bad. Like, it, I, I can't, I can't, of, I can't stay long. I got to take a poo. Why is that like the first line <laughs> of the movie? It's like the opening line. It's literally the worst. All right. So just th- th- JR, hold on. You got some feedback. Just really quick. I need to listen in. Oh, I thought I heard. I thought you had feedback. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, thanks for the derailing the train. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the basically John Travolta plays. I'm assuming he's on the spectrum. I'm assuming. Yeah, he was clearly autistic. Right. And uh, he's obsessed with uh, celebrities, specifically this one guy who plays this in this one movie, whatever. So he ends up actually stalking him. And it, it goes from like this silly, like light, lighthearted, really bad movie to trying to be mm-hmm. overtly sensitive to celebrity and feel bad that they got to be followed around by paparazzi. It's a full blown <laughs> horror movie. Yeah. And sometimes these scenes just take way too long. First of all, if this guy is that big of a star and you're driving around on that crappy fucking BMW, one, you're a shit what? fucking TV actor. And two, 45 seconds, 45 seconds of listening to Limp Biscuit in the movie. That makes <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, any wait. First of all, who listens to music like this? Right, they're driving with their kid. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's a friend. That's a friend of the show, Devin Sawa, who was the only one that looked like he knew what how to act in general. Like when when so when uh so John Travolta ends up tying him up and shit and like fake stabbing <laughs> him. That's one of the funniest parts. So he has the he has the actor tied up and he like he puts on the Jason mask with a fake blade and the guy's like no 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 and he fake stabs him or whatever and he goes takes rips the mask off and goes it's me I'm such a good actor. <laughs> awful dude. It is. Well, did you like did did you wow. like when uh he uh. Um, what was I going to say? Shit, Josh, you were talking about it before. When uh, he was just sitting next to Devin Sawa as he was sleeping, and he's just sitting in the chair. Rocking back and forth like this. And he kissed in my mind, I said, I said to Dan before, like, like he's rocking back and forth, and you're like, is he going to fucking pull it out and start pulling his putt? I know the real John Travolta would. <laughs> Wait, so that scene happens. Josh texted me and goes, he just sniffed his earlobe. What the fuck? <laughs> he, he dropped the cell phone on him when he was trying to take a selfie. My favorite part about that was is how he tried to run away so unconvincingly, like it just didn't work. It he was killed, right he, kill, he killed his maid. He, he killed, killed the guy. Okay. Oh, that's a nosebleed. That's not good. I had a nosebleed. No fun. <laughs> yeah, they're not fun. This Wait. is the most offensive thing to the autistic community I've ever seen. Dude, it is so it is so bad. His new balance is on point, his calf high socks are on point, and his cargo shorts and his Greg shirts are on point. I want to like, but what so, about when he's when he's doing his English Bobby? The first thing I thought of was in uh, Freddie Got Fingered when Tom Green goes to show up at the restaurant dressed like an English Bobby to meet the, the director guy. Was like, guy said, you know, a lot of people think that I'm from London, but I'm not really from London. <laughs> Speaking of the street performer shit, uh, the guy that played the 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 faux Chris Angel. He sucked. Totally yeah, terrible. Yeah. He was literally the worst. Like, Agreed. okay, I even said it to Josh. 
There's one part where, okay, so John Travolta's character's name is Moose. And while he's not stalking celebrities, he is being a street performer in L.A., which is, you know, and a bad one. He's a fucking English Bobby. And, uh, and he's got this terrible mustache and this, the, the worst British accent. Nicolas Cage in The Color Out of Space was in three different accents throughout that movie, and it was better than Travolta's one British accent. It was awful. And they corner this guy who has autism, the character, in the bathroom, and they're, like, trying to, like, strong-arm him, and you just see the one guy just, like... It's his jewel. Hard swig of a vape and hand it to the other guy, and then just, like, square up to him. I'm like, how are you not laughing at this guy? Dude, Travolta... Travolta badly wanted to like win an Oscar with this. Like he went all in as as uh, said in Tropic Thunder, he went full retard. Dude. <laughs> the, uh, I, the one of the things I texted Taylor about was he he goes to that premiere party and he goes up to the buffet line and he, he fucking puts his nose right in the food and sniffs it and gags right above it. Like, <laughs> dude, I I died when he went to the party and he goes up to the bar and he's like, "What do you like to drink? I want a strawberry milkshake." <laughs> <laughs> the movie the movie is absolute garbage uh it gets a one it's that bad um it, well it is entertaining for the wrong reasons like it's not it, good so no. uh i said it to josh too if this movie is written uh, like any movie if it's written and directed well there are some parts that are actually pretty damn good but there is there's like but that's like so few and far well, between Conceptually, it's not a bad idea. I mean, that's something Scorsese was trying to approach in King of Comedy all those years ago, and it was considered, now it's looked at as it was ahead of its time. But the thing that Scorsese didn't do in that movie that Fred Durst tried to do here was go to that point over the edge. Like, King of Comedy is so great because the tension is so thin, and then mm-hmm. it builds up, and you think this big, like, violent breaking point is going to come that never shows up. And this, it gets to, like, you know, he kills the fucking maid. He almost chokes out the other street performer. It's so absurd. It's entertaining, again, for the wrong reasons. It's yeah, one of those when, ones- he, when he's hiding in the closet, and he's talking on the phone, he goes, so casually, yeah, I kissed the maid again, and like, <laughs> I got to like it's like it's like a normal occurrence. He goes, "Yeah, I'm Mr. Mom this week." Like, and Travolta is behind the behind the fucking clothes, like staring at him like Dude, a creep. It was so, like it, to me, it reminds me of watching something like The Room, where he was trying to make this deep fucking movie, and it just ends up being so bad that you can't help but laugh at how bad it is. It's it's legit awful. It is that bad. It gets, <laughs> like one is being nice. I don't want to give nothing a zero. That's bad. But like this one, dude. All right, Taylor, why don't you give me your pick for the week? All right, my pick this week is from a band that has been controversial, for again, for all the wrong reasons, specifically their lead singer. It's trapped. Um, you're, you're never going to listen. I Listen, yeah, as much as it doesn't sound like we like, each other, it doesn't heard. sound like we're friends, honestly. So I'm not going to do that to you. Is there this, an echo? I don't have an echo. I'm hearing an echo. You're going to get Adelaide Dines, Shaped by Fire. Oh, okay. okay. So this is, the first, this is the first album since Tim Lambesis was released from jail. And I remember we had a conversation when it came out, I think like almost two yeah. years ago, how we felt about it. You know, sure. would you be conflicted? Because Adelaide Dying is one of the best metalcore bands of all time. How do we feel about it? You know, how do you support a guy that tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife? Um, but you this is one to hire the hitman to kill his wife. <laughs> Right. 
Um, but this album, like I said, if it was bad, there'd be nothing to talk about. This album is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It's a throwback to like, you know, the darkest nights and through struggle, but it's even heavier than that. Tim is back with a vengeance as a terrible pun. And I really believe that people can be rehabilitated and it's a good step forward. I hope Tim continues to move forward and kind of be a voice for like, if you're lost and you do something dumb, I got lucky and got caught. You might not be that lucky somehow to redeem yourself. Um, but this album is absolutely phenomenal as LA dying shaped by fire. Cool. All right. So the movie pick for uh, you this week, uh, we discussed it last week. It just came out. It broke uh, some video on demand records, despite um, average to below average reviews. Is it trolls Um, world tour? uh, It is not trolls world 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 tour. Um, it is starring Tom Hardy. Um, you know, I was talking to one of my buddies, uh, the other day about this movie cause he watched it and, uh, he said the mistake they made with this is they marketed it. Like it's a mob movie. It's not a mob movie. It's about a guy that was a prominent gangster that is completely off his shit. Now dementia suffering from neurosyphilis. He it's basically like a look into what he was imagining in the last year of his life. Tom Hardy is so good in this. He's so absurd. Um, the, the chick from freaks and geeks is really, good in it as his wife matt dylan's good in it um the dude from uh, twin peaks what's the main the actor the main actor's name on twin peaks if if ralph was here he if i mean i think ralph might call him later if ralph was here he'd be able to tell me the name of the main actor from, kyle, McLaughlin. kyle mclaughlin thank you um Wait, he's here? so <laughs> <laughs> he's in here the whole time yeah no, you're so lighting he, his ass dog figure it out yeah so uh, he's in uh, Capone as well, but it, what's it up? Was, How phone shit? Oh, it, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, where are you sitting? It's uh, my desk. Your desk? Your I hope desk you don't zoom low? zoom how, conference how like that. How tall are you? Four five. Who's this? You look like you look like Taylor if he didn't eat Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's getting bad. It's all great. So wait, what? camera but like it's turning gray um but go, so what's the guy's name from twin peaks again ralph we'll get back on track hey, uh, the actor tom mclaughlin's the um yeah. so so he's in it he plays uh like capone's uh attorney or, or no doctor uh trying to basically determine his mental capabilities um it's a really fucking weird movie uh, there's a lot of like actual shit in it, like duty. Um, it's funny. It's way funnier than I was expecting it to be. Um, but you know, it's a t- it's like a signature Tom Hardy kind of performance. It's what you expect from him at this point. So the pick for you this week is Capone. Sweet. I'm actually happy uh, that I didn't watch it. It was on my list to watch this week, and I didn't. Yeah. So cool. Happy it worked out that way. All right. Well, so, uh, Ralph, you I, said that you also watched uh, watched the movie from last week. I watched, and you listened to the album. I watched the movie and listened to the album. Um, I'm not going too deep into the album because, like, I agree with you. I thought it was a pretty damn good um, album. Thank um, you. It, it actually was a lot better than I thought it would be. Because um, you usually uh, don't like ska. Well, I was talking to my wife um, maybe two weeks ago how, like, I feel like the older I get, the less I hate ska. And I don't know if I actually like it. But I think they, <laughs> like, when you kick off with Superman, which I think is, like, one of the classic songs from our youth. Hell yeah. Hell like, yeah. The rest of the album follows. Um, I thought that the second song, I forget what it was called. Let me look at my notes real quick. Um, um, there, um, it's uh, My Head. My Head. My yeah. Head. Yeah, it kind of sounds like what Blink-182 has been trying to do since California, like the last two or three albums, like yeah. that sound. 
Um, but sure. I think Question was my favorite song. It reminded me of Bad Religion. I also, okay. hell yeah. I, I thought SMP was a good song. It just didn't fit, and it was just tacked on there. That I know, like I loved the it. song itself was good, but I have no idea why it's on the album. So like, I, I would was, agree. And I, I think that was part of the charm for it because I was like, when I first heard, it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, all right, it's only a minute long. If it was longer than a minute, I feel like it would it would fit in worse. But the fact that it was a minute, just like thrown there, I thought it I worked. Think, I think it would have been good if it was tacked on at the end or like second okay. to last down. Like, I think it would be a good closer. I actually hated um, uh, the hidden track. I thought the hidden track was terrible. The first one, not the second one. The Chicken Nuggets song was great. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I was like, what um, the hell is this like backbeat bullshit? <laughs> so, so Ralph, what do you have to say about the fanatic? <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, dude. So, loves fanatic and hates Molly's game. So I'll, I'll say this: the movie was it, it was a, a tro- like atrocious. It was yeah. terrible. It's awful. It's however. So my big thing with the movie is they're not really consistent with John Travolta's <laughs> autism because sometimes he's very functioning and other times like he doesn't understand how to like get on the subway. Like I have absolutely no idea. Like if you said it doesn't get something wrong with him, I'd say oh he's probably schizophrenic. Like yeah. Um. I thought the maid scene may have been one of the best scenes ever filmed. Because at that point, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Dude, just I, was laughing. I was laughing so hard at this movie. <laughs> Dude, it was... Um, I actually, I was texting Josh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm rushing to finish it because I was rushed, like watching it on and off throughout work. And like, I just kind of was skipping the last 10 minutes and did not miss a single piece of like the plot. <laughs> it was so simple. I'm like, 30 seconds, okay, still following. 30 seconds, still following. Like, you could have cut 30 minutes on album and the plot was still perfectly coherent. But it's, but it's, but it, but it's awesome. <laughs> so if they made it a little bit of a dark comedy, like if they were like, we're going to go in and make a dark comedy, it actually wouldn't be that bad. No, I agree. Trouble. I agree. But I... It's terrible. It's 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 room terrible is how I would describe it. All yeah. Right. All right. So oh, the thing we normally quick. go ahead. Real quick before we move on, the album you listened to last week, dude. I texted Taylor and I was like, he is gonna fucking hate it. It was. Terrible. I was so happy. Jo- Josh listened to two songs and turned it off. So I was talking. <laughs> Taylor and I were saying, and I was like, I like these songs. But after two, I have to, like, take a break. Like, you can't go more than two. And I don't care what big of, like, you know, a technical black metal fan you are. It's it's yeah, hard. Yeah, it's painful. All right. Uh, let's start with our normal routine. Uh, Taylor, what have you been watching this last week? Uh, not too much. I haven't had time to really watch anything. Uh, work's been pretty fucking nuts. So um, just been trying to, like, put stuff on at night. But I uh, haven't been able to really pay attention to really digging anything. I tried to watch the session on Saturday, but I got caught up doing fucking chores. Then I got ended up by Bob's house and got drunk. So that's what that happened. So Fair. Josh, what about you? What else? Yo, Josh, you said you watched The Lodge as well, right? Uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I I thought it was really, really good, really well done. I didn't realize it was uh, on Hulu. Is it like a Hulu yeah. exclusive kind of thing? Um, or? I yeah, I guess I mean, it was supposed to be in the theaters. Um, this yeah. was a movie that was supposed to come out back in like March, and uh, yeah, then Hulu was just like, yeah, we're dropping it. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I you know the same sentiments that you had, uh, you guys had a couple weeks ago when we watched on the show. You know, very similar feel to Hereditary. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, it's kind of overshadowed for me this week by the fanatic and how great that was. 
But no, that was good. Uh, and then also I watched um, uh, I watched John Wick three finally because I'm really really oh, bad yeah. at watching movies that you would think that I would watch when it comes out. Um, oh, like, yeah. Didn't see John Wick three yet? You yeah, just saw it was it. great. And then I've just been continuing my my Assassin's Creed series playthrough. I even thought about watching the movie, but I'm not going to do that. It's bad. It's bad. What what game are you on now? Uh, I'm now on four, but I played I played Rogue before I played four. So I played I didn't play one, obviously, because you can't. I, I'm not going to whip my PlayStation three out. I don't even know where it is. Um, I played two. I played the whole the SEO collection and then I played three and then I played Rogue and now I'm playing four. Rogue was really good. I was very surprised because it was like they kind of just dropped it as a uh, like an extra game. The first year that the the next gen consoles came out, they were like, okay, Black uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity is going to be the next gen game, but we're going to give a previous gen game too and Assassin's Creed Rogue, and nobody played it because why the fuck would they? Uh, yeah. And now they remastered it, and it's actually really good. I think it's it it combines the best parts of Assassin's Creed Three which is, I think, underrated, but historically panned, and Assassin's Creed 4, which is good, but people think it's more of a pirate game than it is an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, I think the, of the three, Rogue is the best. Interesting. Um, Ralph, I don't need to ask you, because I know what you've been watching, uh, because I've heard a lot about it. Uh, you've been watching Gilmore Girls. I have. I like Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I actually watched Gilmore Girls before my wife did. <laughs> <laughs> I watched um, them from a uh, previous uh, relationship. Yeah, I, I, I like Gilmore Girls. I will say, uh, of the shows that um, uh, the landlord watches, that is probably the one that is the best. It's actually very well written. It may not be my thing, but it's actually easy for me to sit there and watch it and not get annoyed like I do with a lot of the Bravo bullshit. It, it actually reminds me a lot of, and I'm bringing it up again, Twin Peaks, because of like the... The small town, you know, all the characters are all a little quirky. Like if they yeah. like, we're like, let's put Twin Peaks on Broadway. <laughs> but, so um, what? What I um, have you been watching anything else, Ralph? Yeah. So ever since friend Willard died, I um, um rewatched all the. Willard. I'm watching all the Christopher Guest uh, mockumentaries. Um, and it, holy shit, I forgot how much I love all. Do you of like them. those? I've, do you, Do you like those, Taylor? Did you see like Best in Show? No, not really. No, I'm not, I honestly didn't love Best in Show. I like the Mighty Win more than Best See, in Show. I agree entirely. I think Best in Show and then um, Best in Show is probably my least favorite of all of them. Waiting for Guffman actually is a really underrated one. Well, Fred Willard was also involved with uh, obviously Spinal Tap, which is an yeah, all timer. I'm I know Taylor, you love Taylor. You love Spinal Tap, right? Spinal Tap's the absolute best. It's one of the best. Co- it might be the best mockumentary ever made. It might be like the template. If you like Spinal Tap, you'll like um, A Mighty Wind. It's just, instead of a metal band, it's a folk band. Yeah, Taylor, uh, you would like A Mighty Wind a lot. Mighty right, Wind uh, is my yeah. personal favorite of all of them, but Spinal Tap, you know, it's a classic. So what I've been doing with The Landlord, and I told you about this last week, uh, um, we that poster that I showed you, Taylor, she got me with the bucket list movies where you got to scratch them off and the ones you're going to watch. Right, right. So her and I went through and decided to write down the ones that she hasn't seen. And we're going to go we're going through and watching a bunch of them. So we've already gotten through a shit ton of them. Uh, we started with Argo, which Argo's awesome. I love Argo. Argo, um, fuck yourself. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. It's one of the, the it's one of my favorite movies that he's directed. Um, then we went on to The Fighter, which I, I The Fighter's great. Uh, Christian Bale's first Oscar win. Uh, he's phenomenal in it. Amy Adams is great in it. Uh, then the, we watched The King's Speech, which I know it won Best Picture. It's OK. 
It's it's whatever. It's nothing special. Um, Jerry Maguire did not hold up whatsoever. I was really disappointed with that on a watchback as like the biggest Tom Cruise fan alive. That movie wasn't that good. Cuba Gooding is great in it. I haven't seen Jerry Maguire in I don't know how long. So I, I would assume it doesn't seem like a movie that would hold up all that well. Like no. it would just seem silly now. It's Cuba Gooding's great in it, but Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger have no chemistry. It's like when they, the whole big scene at the end with uh, you had me at hello, it's like they got married. They didn't even like, there's no like build up to them being in love really. It just happens. So it the wasn't very corny. good. It's a yeah, corny it's, movie. Like, I think the beginning of it is good and parts of the middle are good. Like with Cuba Gooding where he's trying to get closer to Tom Cruise, but the whole love angle. And I like Cameron Crowe because Almost Famous is great. Say Anything is great. Um, I love Vanilla Sky, but he hasn't made good shit in years. Um, just proving that further. But what else do we watch? Uh, Training Day we did last night, which I like Training Day. I think Denzel's great. And I think the movie itself is more or less average. Um, and then rewatch Scent of a Woman, which I forgot I, how much I like that one. Al Pacino and that is so absurd. The when he, he tells his nephew that he needs to go down on his wife more because you've been uh, working in sugar so long you forgot to taste the honey. Nah, <laughs> <such> a, <laughs> um, but there's some movies on here that are going to be a fucking chore that I'm not looking forward to watching. Um, I don't want to watch My Fair Lady. Uh, I don't want to watch Singing in the Rain. <laughs> Singing in the Rain's good. I actually like it. It's Singing not bad. I don't, uh, I, why are, why I, are Ralph and I eerily the same? By the way, while you Ralph was talking, I wasn't paying attention. Got my, Air, got my AirPods fixed, so we're good. There you go. <laughs> um, it was so hard for me not to just bust out and yell at you for your headphones at the beginning of this call. I just want to let you know I was raging. <laughs> oh, um, good. Whatever to make you happy, Mr. Guest. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't want to watch uh, The Danish Girl. Uh, I don't want to watch. I don't need to watch Lawrence of Arabia again. It's a three and a half hour movie. It's long movie unless you really sucks. like it. Unless yeah. you really like it, it's it's too long. Shut up, Ralph. And, I don't. Uh, li- I also have the like, Cider House Rules is on here. I didn't like Cider House Rules. Uh, but there there's some good ones on here. You got Psycho, Raging Bull, Ben Hur, Rocky. Um, a Terminator 2, which I'm like really excited for. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, 12 Angry Men, The Good, The Bag, and The, uh, and the Ugly, uh, for a few dollars more, Escape from Alcatraz. There's some good stuff on there. Really? Um, got a, did, did they have a, bridge, oh, no, sorry. A, a bridge Over the River Kwai? Is that on that? No, it is not. God damn it. Bridge over the bridge over the river quas is there though. <laughs> I saw quad Bridge over the river a, Bridge over the River Quad. Quad. I saw Quad today. We went to the dog park, uh, brought Lacey and Scooby, and Quad is really rocking that mustache. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was bullshit for a second. I thought it was just like, oh hey, look what I did. It's not. So you really kept it, huh? He looks very homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ralph, were you about to say something? Oh, I was going to say, I watched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy maybe two years ago, and I really wanted to like that movie. I like that movie a lot. I just couldn't. I get it's a good movie. It's just so subtle, and there's so little, like, action at parts that, like, I just want, like, 
pull out a gun and just shoot him. And like, yeah, I get it's that. A, it's a slow burn. Taylor, you would like that one a lot. It's gr- Gary Oldman. Like, you can't go wrong. It's, it's Gary. It's a great Oldman. movie. I just didn't like it. Doesn't it doesn't do it for you. Sense. Yeah. Uh, so something we talked about last week that we're going to do now is um, it was something that was trending on Twitter a couple weeks ago, but the five most influential video games to you. And it's not your favorite video games. It's the video games that made the biggest impact on the gamer you are today. That influenced every almost every game you play that has a direct impact on how you game. Um, so why don't we each do one starting out? Uh, we'll start with Taylor. Why don't you give me a game and give a rundown and we could discuss it. All right, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go from. I guess we're going from least to best, or like. No, I, 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 I don't even have it like in order. I just wrote five. Okay, that's fair. Then I'll. Then I, I wrote. I wrote six, but I'll start here. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, one of the best RPGs yeah. ever made. Um, one of the best stories. You know, obviously Zelda is still going on strong with the. the honestly, the last game, Breath of the Wild, is arguably up there with you know a link to the past majora's mask ocarina of time but ocarina of time is where it all started for me i still have nightmares about the water temple it is awful and then if you had the balls to do the master quest which made it three which made it more like a hundred times harder it's it's one of the best games it's aged beautifully um they did a good remake for it on the 3ds xl a couple years ago and that was really where the rpg kind of started for me Okay, uh, Josh, what do you have? Um, you know, I'm going to start off in uh, in honor of the reason why we're doing this this week. I'm going to go uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Uh, so if you look at it, it's, um, you know, uh, soundtrack-wise, game design-wise, sp- um, the impact it has as a sports game-wise, uh, I think it's the best of the Tony Hawk series. I mean, obviously, graphics got better as time went on. Sure. Uh you know, the game's got a little bit more goofy as time went on, too. By the time you're at Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, there's some, like, wacky quests in there that really doesn't have anything to do with skateboarding. And then you start going to the Tony Hawk's Underground, which are great games, but they're more story-based games and kind of weird. But Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is, like, a it, – it, it's a real classic sports game. Um, the map design is is phenomenal when you really think about a game that has maps like that. Um, that's a sporting game. Yeah, It's kind of like a – Free for all, and then obviously the soundtrack is uh, the second to none. And 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 I can just still remember coming home from school, and getting on my Nintendo sixty four, playing fucking School Two, and just ripping it for like hours. Hell yeah! Uh, Hell yeah! Yeah, that, that I think. Skater Two. Yeah. All right, Ralph, you have one. Yeah, because um, it was already on my list too. I'll just sure. uh, double down on what Taylor said. Um, I think Ocarina Time. I played it about a year ago. It still holds up. And if you think about how many things that that game has, like, um, revolutionized, like the targeting system, that's the first game that ever did a game where, like, you could target on your, you know, whatever you're fighting. You know, yeah. 3D games up to that point, you know, they were kind of making them at the time. You just were kind of, like, flailing and, you know, in the abyss. Um, yeah, it's sure. a perfect game. It's just as good as it was back then. You know, I don't think there's ever going to be a game that gets... I've never been so like pulled in or engrossed in a game like that. Yeah. I mean, it's an iconic game for a reason. And the reason it's still discussed like it is right now amongst so many other people is because of how good it is and how influential. Um, so mine, I'm going to stick with the N64. I'm going to go a different route. Um, and it's going to be the, maybe the definitive first person shooter that influenced all of us in golden eye 64. Like, I don't know how I make this list without that because we're talking the first like true multiplayer first person shooter experience. Now the difference between golden eye and a 
game like Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time is still playable. You can't play GoldenEye at all anymore. It's it's awful. At this point. It's, it's so it's, bad. Dude. We're so the way we play first person shooters now is so much different that it's impossible to play. But there's no denying how influential that game was and that the offshoots after that came after it that tried capturing it from you know there was a decent one in Perfect Dark that just didn't really have the same feel to it. Perfect Dark was it was pretty good though, but the multiplayer and a great story mode too. And the cheats in it were great. The big head mode. It just there were so many goofy things about paintball it. mode. <laughs> paintball mode. Paintball mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, GoldenEye 64 has to be on there for me. Um, so we'll make the next go around. I'll do my next one and then we'll go um from Yo, there. Real quick before you move on, they actually remade it maybe. I remember eight it was on the Xbox ago? on the Xbox 360. It's not that bad. I mean, it's not going to be as impactful, but like for a remake of a game that old, they actually did a pretty damn no, good it, job. It, it it was it was good. It just I think it there's just some that charm that charm that you'll never recapture. Out, was, you can't. You can't. I was just mad um, so, when they when they did the remake. They replaced uh, Pierce with uh, Daniel Craig, and that was annoying. That annoyed me. I'll say. Yeah, that, that was annoying. Um, so my next one, uh, I'm gonna go with the sports game, and it's funny because I've been playing this sports game, this series, most of my life, but this was the one that really made it a yearly thing that takes up half the year. Um, and it's actually Madden 03 with Marshall Falk on the cover. That was probably, that was the first Madden that I know made me like say, oh, I can do this for six, seven months, just play Madden. And that's when I first started playing like competitively and my dad enrolled me in some tournaments with it. And I, I really fell in love with Madden as a whole. Um, but that was the one that I think really made me realize how good these football games could actually be. And I played that one. I had to rebuy the game because I played it so much it fucking got burnt out on the ps2 so madden 03 taylor what's your next so it's actually funny you went football i'm going football too but because you're a little older than me my game is different mine is uh espn uh, nfl 2k5 with to on the cover yeah. um that was really the, the best game football game ever made that Agreed. really is where the, like it started for me with sports games because you know i had played i had played the earlier maddens i had played early fifa whatever mlb live and shit like that didn't care once I got my hands on uh, ESPN 2K5, like I remember there being an actual halftime show. So that was pretty cool. The first time I'd seen that incorporated. Um, I could do without Chris Berman. That would have been cool. Uh, <laughs> but overall, the gameplay was great. Um, you know, 20 bucks. Players, it was 20. It was 20 bucks brand new as well, which was awesome. Very affordable. A great game. Um, I loved everything about it. The mechanics, everything seemed so real, even down to the sideline reporters. And they had the worst, like, the worst voiceovers for like the players, the oh, most yeah, generic yeah. voices. Um, but that's really where it started. And I know because and, the Carolina Panthers were a big deal back then. So if you had, to, if you played with Carolina, you were practically unstoppable. And it's funny that, you know, I, I almost put that one on there for me, but I had to realize I love that game so much because of Mad Madden 03 was more influential, but I played, that might be the football game I played the most. And it was great, especially if you had the Xbox, because you could do custom end zone celebrations with your own music saved on the hard drive. Yo, that was the first, first game where the original Xbox like shined for me. You know I how much Madden that fucking was though, doing all that custom shit? Oh, you yeah, really had to want it, dude. I wanted it. Trust me, <laughs> dude. I had Madden '94 for the SNES. <laughs> dude, it sucks. It does suck. Those old. <laughs> it might as well be EXOs, but you have to earn your wins. Like you, it's all play calling. It's not thing you can do with a controller. So it does teach. Like if you're trying to learn like football strategy, it is actually pretty good for that. But as like an actual game, yo, it fucking blows. <laughs> 
Okay, so Ralph, what is your next influential game? So my next is, it's not actually my favorite in the series, but I think it's the one that got me in there, and it's the one that I think of. Um, Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Um, okay, I think it It hasn't really held up, but it's one of those games where they fully put detail in creating a world and a culture and an environment and politics. And it, the game where they just drop you in there with limited instructions and you need to figure out, you know, through t- trial and error, um, doesn't hold your hand. It still does like it's a fantasy game, but it doesn't feel like a fantasy game. It feels almost like you're on another planet with some of the creatures and the folklore. Um, they had a huge, um, a bunch of books in the game. And like, you read the books and you learn about like everything that led up to the event. Like they don't spoon feed you anything. And like, I like a game that challenges that way. And that was the first one that did it. I really hope they remaster it one day. Cause you know, it desperately is due. Um, Skyrim is definitely better, but that's the one that kind of laid the groundwork out. Right, Josh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you I'm too sorry. with the Morrowind stuff. Morrowind, I think, had a bigger map than Skyrim did, or and, and Oblivion as well. The, that was massive. And th- the big thing with Morrowind, like you said, was that it didn't fucking hold your hand. That's the big thing with Skyrim and even uh, Oblivion. You know, they told you go here, do this, do that. They kind of pointed you in the right direction. Morrowind, they dropped you off and you said, get that, nothing. It was, it, was, it was like season one of Survivor compared to like season 30 where they gave him everything off the boat. And like you kill a character that's vital to the game, you're fucked. It's just like, nope, you shouldn't kill that guy. Game over. Like you have to like go back to a safe point. <laughs> <laughs> really punished you if you fucked up. Yeah. Josh, what's your next influential game? Uh, so if you look at me and the games that I play, there's pretty much three pillars, right? There's uh, uh, RPGs, uh, adventure-based story, cinematic type games, and shooters. And the rest of my games all kind of encompass one of those things. And for me, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, um, probably the, the best shooter of all time. If you're talking about a first-person shooter, Modern Warfare 2 is the best game of all time. Um, it introduced a lot of elements that you still see today in Call of Duty. Before Call of Duty, it was just kind of like, you know, you would get a random loadout, you would pick your loadout, and you would get into a game. This made the game customizable. You could really start kind of customizing your weapons and customizing your own play style to how you wanted it to be, not necessarily what the game says you have to be. Um, I played I played so much of that game, probably, you know, five, six hours a day, every day for the entire year that it was out before Black Ops dropped. Uh, so Modern Warfare 2 for me. All right, uh, Josh, why don't you give us your third one now? Just uh, you're, you're speaking. Go for it. OK, um, this game made me want to be a gamer. Uh, it's Final Fantasy seven. Um, I'm not a big Final Fantasy fan. I have the only Final Fantasy games I've played are Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 10 too. Uh, I don't care about the series so much as a whole, but you know, it was, (laughs) Hey, from what I understand, 10 two is better than 10. No, it's not. You're wrong. But oh, keep going. Okay. Well, I liked it. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you know, it was um, I my first PS1. Um, the first couple of games I got, Final Fantasy VII was in there. Um, I just remember playing the shit out of it. It was like, why the fuck is this game? Three discs, what am I getting myself into? And you're getting yourself into quite a bit. And the remake that they did recently, it, it it's different. I like it. You know, they're kind of changed the, the um, I think the, the footprint of the game, so to speak. They kept a lot of stuff the same, but 
they fit a very small amount of the game into a very um into a very large time frame so i don't know cool. really go with it, but wow. finish seven. all right so uh my next one actually um is the game that kind of maybe really started uh the whole genre of survival horror but it specifically made me a fan of survival horror it's the original resident evil on playstation one um I, i'll even say resident evil director's cut because that's the first one i played but um uh, I remember being young when that came out. My brother got it on the PlayStation 1, watching him play it, and then when going to play it myself, uh, I, w- I was floored. I was horrible at it. I got killed every time, um, but it, I hadn't had a game that scared me like that before. You know, there were horror games, like the original Doom, Alone in the Dark, but this was the first one that really pulled you in and scared the shit out of you. And while it's dated now, of course, they've made a couple great remasters from the GameCube to recently on PS2, or PS2, Jesus Christ, PS4 um, that have been fantastic. And uh, the fixed camera added to the element of horror to it. Um, the sounds throughout the mansion add to the horror of it. Uh, obviously, it created a whole additional sequels that are fantastic in Resident Evil 2 and 3 and 4. Um, but the original Resident Evil was the one that made me like games like that to go from there to Silent Hill to recent games like The Evil Within. Um, the original Resident Evil is absolutely on my influence game list Taylor uh yeah no horror games for me thanks uh but my next game is another RPG um I've played it numerous times I've played it way too many times uh and it's gonna be uh the original Fable um the first Fable game absolutely fantastic I wish people liked the second game the second and third game more I also wish they made them better um but the first game is just so enthralling in that world of Albion, you know, finding out that like, you're the hero of Oakvale. Um, the lore behind it is actually really cool. The characters are very rememberable. That's not even a word, whatever. Or very memorable, excuse me. There you go. Go ahead, Ralph. Laugh. Taylor said something stupid. That's your cue. Uh, Show us your ass again. <laughs> I'm relatively nice to you tonight. You could suck my back, dude. Uh, so, no, nah, uh, Fable really is, like, one of my all-time favorite RPGs. Um, finding all the silver keys, just, like, hell yeah, dude. Slow- I- I love Fable. The first Fable was great. And I, I did like the sequels. Two would be remembered better if it didn't have a horrific ending. The, the final boss battle in two is so bad. It's so unforgivably bad that it just ends. It's so bad. But three was pretty good. I like three besides Little Sparrow. Um, yeah. But the, the, the first the, Fable the, was fantastic. Dude, the first, dude, the, the fucking accents in that. Oh, chicken chaser. It yeah, all, all, they're, they're all speaking cuts. <laughs> but it's, there, there was so much fun. You build up your fucking armor. It, it, for me, being not a big RPG guy, it's more of a streamlined process. It, I like RPG elements, but not the full feel. I agree completely. Um, uh, Fable was fantastic. I loved it. Um, and Ralph. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you. Yeah. I was going to say, who's same, next, dude? Same series as Josh, but my first game was actually Final Fantasy IX. Um I didn't know it at the time. I didn't really know anything about the game. I just bought it. I think I bundled in or something with something else I bought. And apparently that was the game right before they went to the PS2. And it's kind of a throwback to what they did in the past. So it's medieval. It brings back a class system that they kind of got away from with 7 and 8. Um, It really was the first game that got me into any sort of RPG whatsoever. Um, it's not the best, it's not my favorite in the series, but it's definitely the first one, and I can't see me playing 
Is Ralph uh, dead? Ralph uh, died. Uh, Ralph sucks. Okay, so his next pick was Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> um, all right, I'm so happy my ne- that happened. My next one. Um, I you might. I don't know if you're gonna have something similar here, Taylor. But this is the game that really kicked off um, online gaming for me, and specifically online shooters. Um, when this game came out, it was so hotly anticipated, and the fact that it brought you into the world of online gaming um, before it was this really common thing. Um, made it so much better and while its follow-up was far superior and i spent more time on that this is the one that started it and i spent a shit ton of time on this and that's halo 2 halo 2 on the xbox the original xbox live was what literally kicked off everything every first person shooter you've played online since then and there's better ones don't get me wrong but without the success of both halo 2 and 3 there aren't games like call of duty which are superior but you don't realize that they built upon the foundation that a game like halo 2 built um it was so much fun the experience was great got Uh, me into borrowing got me into all those other games (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) we got it final fantasy 9 uh, but that Halo 2 really kicked off everything as far as that goes. So that's my uh, my fourth one on the list. Good one, man. I'm a Halo 3 truther, but uh, I, I like Halo 3 more, but it was it was, I, there would be no Halo 3 for me without what Halo 2 brought to the table. Of course. Um, so that that's the biggest reason. Taylor, what's your next one? So next one I got this is this is uh, a big one for Josh and Ralph. Um, my next one is Overwatch. Overwatch is probably one of the best FPSs I've ever played um, for this amount of time. Um, the longest franchise I've played is Call of Duty, and a lot of people could probably play could probably say the same. But Overwatch really was the singular game I've played for over five plus years now. Like I'm level three hundred something, and it's that's not easy to do. Um, I really have to care about it to keep playing it. Obviously, there's so many different comps you can do with your team. There's so many different playable characters, so many different play styles. The one thing that that uh, Overwatch suffers from is lack of maps. The maps have been identical for the last three years, at least. We just got a new character. There's only maybe four real new characters since uh, the inception, maybe about four or five years ago. Um, and they announced Overwatch 2 three years ago, and we still are waiting for it because it's still in development. But wow. all that aside... Overwatch is arguably and far and away one of my all-time favorite FPS shooters ever, dude. Ever. It's the most balanced multiplayer game ever made. There's no character that's better than the other. Like, it's all your play style, which you don't see in any other game. Like, there's nothing that's broken in it. And the and the long the longevity of it is what's really weird. Is what's really crazy to me because Blizzard obviously has World of Warcraft, Starcraft, uh, Diablo, long-running franchises. Add this to uh, add this add this IP to their fucking portfolio. You know they really can't be stopped at this point. All right, uh, Ralph, what's your next one? All right, so mine is the most recent game on my list, um, and Overwatch actually would have been number six. Um, Destiny. I think oh, Destiny Des- was awesome. Destiny was Destiny, great. I don't think I ever had more memorable nights of like playing with friends than I did Destiny. Um, you're doing the, um, oh, what are they called? The raids Taylor where they don't I do- had a lot of fun on destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, you muted stupid. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. Taylor. Sorry. 
Sorry, I apologize. Dan and I fought the fucking rancor for like three fucking hours with Ed, with our buddy Evan, right? And it was only he tried to carry us through this raid, but we were we were like level five and seven, and this was like a level 14, 15 raid, like upon the initial release. Dude, it was the worst. Our rocket launchers did no fucking damage. It was <laughs> it was literally the worst. No, 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 that wasn't a raid. That was um Is that a strike? A strike, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say you would have been killed within a second if you did a raid at level seven. We did, try, we did try a raid at the lowest level you possibly could, and we got killed very quickly. We tried for like three hours to last more than like ten minutes, and we never made it like past seven. Dude, me yeah. and my group, the first time we did the raid, I am not exaggerating. We started at about seven and finished four or five in the morning because well, nobody knew what they were doing. Everyone was drunk. There was one guy who just wouldn't listen to everyone. He'd go, he, he kept saying, I'm a straight killer son. And they would immediately get mowed down. <laughs> did you, so, did you play destiny two at all, Ralph? I did. I didn't like it. I was going to say, fine. so the original raid was fucking rough, but the Leviathan raid in the second one, one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like same thing. First time I ever ran it through with a group of four, took me easy six, seven hours to do. It, whatever they did in Destiny 2, because the big criticism of Destiny 1 is the leveling system. It's all based off your equipment. It's based off of, um, you know, random chance. Like, there's nothing you can do to control it, really. But that's kind of what the fun was. Like, you, you do the strike, and you don't know what you're going to get. Destiny 2 is just like, here, collect these, like, coins or whatever the hell, and, you know, cash them in, and eventually you'll be good. Like, it took away a lot of what made Destiny 1 fun, and I know it was really annoying at the time but in retrospect like i love that system that you need to get that one piece of equipment to go from 32 to 34 or whatever it was yeah right yeah all right so josh uh what is your fourth pick um my fourth pick is going to be skyrim um i was never like you know i i played rpgs here and there throughout the years but uh skyrim turned me into an rpg guy just the the sheer scope of the world the fact that they're you know you you could play the game for over 100 hours and still find new encounters it's it's insane the level of depth that they put into this game um you know, and and even now it, with all the remasters, it it still holds up graphically today against some of today's newest uh, newest games. Like it's it's insane. Uh, totally fantastic, great game, super influential. Uh, I don't think I know anybody that doesn't like Skyrim. <coughs> it's a perfect game. It re- it really is, and that's what why uh, Bethesda hasn't. I mean, they've been in production of the uh, Elder Scrolls Six for so long. But, and it's not coming. It's not coming out for another three years at least. They at basically least. said it. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, they did like a small teaser trailer. I think at last year's E3 that like, okay, it's on its way, but they're still so far, far out in, uh, from the release date. Um, well, what's what's Skyrim been out now? Almost ten years. Ten years. It came out on 11, 11, 11. That's nuts, dude. That's wow. ridiculous. So Dan, like the big thing with it is that like each race has their own like level, like their own like land or whatever. So like Skyrim is where one race lives, Morrowind is where another one lives. And they haven't even announced like what like country it takes place in. Like I don't believe that they have anything done with the game yet, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're just gonna whip it up a week before it's released. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so my fifth uh, most influential game, the last one on my list, um, is the game that pretty much uh, it kickstarted uh, an entire uh, video game studio. Uh, the whole idea of what an open world video game could be beyond what we knew it as, um, Grand Theft Auto Three. 
I, I don't know how I could not have that on there because the thing about the times you one player game that you would hang out with your friends and you could spend hours playing a single player game, just seeing who could get the most stars and who could survive the longest with who can get five stars and last the longest. Um, the, the violence of it, the, the soundtrack of it, the radio stations of it, I, while vice city was better. Again, there is no vice city without the success of grand theft auto three. And think about where rockstar studios and all the great games that came since then from your max pains to your state of emergency to red dead revolver and red dead redemption manhunt the list goes on and on and on and it all started really with what grand theft auto 3 and the grand theft auto 5 is still going strong to this day uh so my i think everyone here has spent a ton of time on grand theft auto 3 yeah absolutely i mean that's the whole reason why you even played was just you, you didn't play the fucking story you just I mean, did all you the played, goddamn you played the story when you were by yourself but when you're with your friends you just get five stars and see who can last the longest yeah all you do is do the cheat code you find some way to get on the roof of the hospital and you're going to survive forever yeah you wait for a helicopter Always. you blow them up with the rocket launcher and obviously vice city is still my favorite grand theft auto um i still think it's the best one as far as story and how much fun it was the best soundtrack um five was probably the most fun but Vice City was my favorite, but three was just such a game changer. It's such a, like an age. We were what in seventh, eighth grade when GTA three came out and it was at, at like the perfect age for us to play that kind of game. So my fifth pick is Grand Theft Auto three. All right. Who's next? Me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. My number one game, my most influential game. It's a game I've been playing for a long time. I still play it. Um, it's been re-released a couple times. Originally, again, on the Nintendo 64, arguably the greatest gaming system of all time. Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> is one of the best <laughs> fucking games. I ever. love Banjo-Kazooie. We got John Tron over here. <laughs> yeah, I love the I, I love the way that the uh, the the voices are when the, you get the subtitles on the screen. Like he's talking to the fucking uh, the mole. He's like, what about the stupid witch that only talks in rhyme? I know <laughs> she only rhymes, and then she all she does is laugh. It's stupid, and then you got that mumbo jumbo guy that transforms you into a pumpkin. Like <laughs> that mumbo jumbo guy that turns you into a pumpkin. I think that's his name, Mumbo Jumbo. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is Mumbo Jumbo. Yeah, I, I, it's Mumbo Jumbo. That Mumbo Jumbo guy. I but, played a uh, lot of Banjo Kazooie, dude. That game was great when it came out. Dude, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's even great playing it still on Xbox when the rare replay. Um, it's it still holds up. It's still a lot of fun. And uh, sometimes you just want to play something mindless and just solve silly little puzzles. That's the perfect game. That's the game I go it's to. Mindless, but it's mindless, but it's not easy, which I think no, they did a good easy. job of that. Like, it, it, especially that when we were we were younger than you. We were a little bit older than you when that came out, Taylor, but we were still very young. I mean, that was, what, fourth, fifth grade when Banjo-Kazooie came out? And yeah. it, was, it was so much fun, but it was challenging. You had to think about how you played the game, how you approached it. I put a lot of hours into Banjo-Kazooie on the N64, a shit ton. Oh, dude. And the, the, the crazy part about it is like, if you had to remember stuff that happened throughout the game because before you get to for the final boss battle, you have to do a game show trivia throughout the entire game. So you have to remember certain little aspects yep. about it, which was for crazy. Sure. Yeah, there was so many things that Banjo-Kazooie brought to the table that never made it repetitive. It was always interesting and a lot of fun. Um, Josh. Um, so this game uh, – it's so influential across the board to any number of genres. Um, when you talk about 
stories, cinematics, storylines, multi-layered stories, and that's Metal Gear Solid. Um, without fair. Metal Gear Solid, you wouldn't have the level of storytelling that you have in some games like um, like The Last of Us, uh, like the Uncharted series. Um, the new God of War. The, the new God of War. The first game I can ever really remember being part game part cinematic experience, even though, you know, the graphics are dog shit because it's PlayStation one, but at the time we're like, wow, this looks great. Yeah. It, it, it's metal Gear solid because you, you could play that game. That game is like maybe 30, 40 hours long and a good half of it is just cutscenes. Yeah. I, I'm not even a big metal gear solid fan, but I remember when those came out, they were so like, you had to see it. You had to see someone play it. You had to try it yourself. There wasn't anything like it to that point. And you're absolutely right that that planted the seed for the entire cinematic gaming experience. 100%. Um, Ralph, what is your number one, number five, whatever? Yeah. Your fifth. So uh, actually, game. all the other ones were just out of order. It didn't matter. But there is one that is my number one. Um, there was a few that I wanted to put in here, like StarCraft, one of my favorite you know, computer games. Mega Man X, which I think is one of the best platformers ever. You're going to Gears. Xeno Gears. I love Xeno Gears. <laughs> um, but there's only one choice, and that's Mary Kay and Ashley's Magical Mystery Mall. <laughs> it absolutely was a game changer. What about Air Bud the game? Oh, I would play it a heart. My number what one the, game. What about the, the PlayStation One Space Jam game? Gordy loved it. Oh, that's the such one. a good game, game, dude. I love that it. game. We, yeah, the Space Jam. <laughs> Don't bring me um, here anymore, right? My number one game of all time. <laughs> it's the first game I ever played. It still holds up. It's embedded in my memory. Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it is. I, that was like right there for me. I still remember being a little kid getting it. I think it was my sixth birthday or fifth birthday, unwrapping it, plugging it in and being like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. There's nothing from my childhood, nothing, no show, no song that like captures nostalgia like that game. Like I just hear the music and like I smile like a stupid, you know, uh, John Travolta in The Fanatic. Great, (laughs) great game. Yeah, that um, I mean, for sure. My brothers had that, and then I started playing it. Um, the fact that you were able to do two-player as well um, was awesome. When it's you could steal, fri- and you could steal each other's lives, which is the best yeah. part too. Um, it, I do it. I had one friend that specifically we would try to stay up all night trying to beat the game when we were like in elementary school. So I played that a lot too. So everyone, really good picks. That was a lot of fun. Um, I do. I do have an honorable mention too. Sure. Um, Honorable mention is Gears of War 3. Um, again, it's just one of the best third-person shooters uh, for the Xbox. That was an Xbox exclusive. Gears of War is probably my favorite franchise in video games. But 3 really took it to another level as far as storytelling. You know, the the climax with uh, Marcus and Dom and sure. then Dom dying. Yeah. I haven't felt that bad for a character dying in a game or even in a movie in a very long time. And I, like that was still rough to watch. Spoilers, dude. Um, and uh, what? You said spoiler alert. The game's been out for ten, a long time, longer than ten years. But uh, the other thing that was nuts too—that's the first game I ever like marathoned for playing the oh, hardest difficulty. I'm not—you're not getting me. Stop it. <laughs> and uh, like I said, so I played that game start to finish, four-player co-op on Legendary. Uh, it started at eight in the morning, ended at around midnight that uh, midnight the next day. It was just a ridiculous grind, and I haven't done that with another game since. Dude, if I'm thinking about games that are honorable honorable mentions, which I didn't even do, but I'd have to go like Doom, Duke Nukem, 
Quake, Star Fox 64. Star Yo, that was Star Fox 64 is all it holds up, dude. I played it's, a recent. It's still so great. It plays well. Like the N64 controller is absolutely perfect for that game. The N64 controller, for how like wonky it is, somehow is still the most comfortable controller there is. I don't understand dude. why. I mean, I I would also put the original Mario Kart on there for the one on Super Nintendo on my influential game list. Mm-hmm. It was here. Here's a weird one. I wonder if any of you guys remember this. You remember Comic Zone on the Sega yes! Genesis at Super Nintendo? Of, each yeah. Level was like a uh, each like room was like a different pane. Of Frame. It. It's like yeah, exactly. Actually, that I actually have the it on hardest it, game. It's very hard, dude. You think about they, how hard, dude? One of the hardest games of all time is the Lion King video game. It is. <laughs> That, that, like the original Battletoads game, dude, was fucking Oh, hard. dude. Oh, dude. Dude, Earthworm Jim has to be up there for me. Oh, I love dude, Earthworm Jim. Jim. That's yeah. a great game. All right. So dude, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, if I'm going to go honorable mention, you talked about Madden earlier. I'd have to go Madden 2004, Atlanta Falcons, Vic. single back, three, single back, three whites trip, QB boot. Yeah, exactly. Just take <laughs> off with Vic. It's not fair. fucking cheat code, dude. Yeah. Yo, Josh, what do you think about him getting his number retired by the Falcons? Is that real? No. <laughs> I mean, if it was, if it was, I'd be all right. But um, guys, when's the last time you saw Chuck E. Cheese in the news? And if you know what I'm going to say, don't say it, save it. But Chuck E. Cheese has been in the news recently. The last time oh, I saw okay. Chuck E. Cheese in the news was the one on 23. They got rid of the ball pit because they found syringes in it. Yeah, uh, Ralph. Do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> I think I do. Okay, so I do too. Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese is in the news. They've been trending uh, because they are selling their pizza on things like Grubhub and Uber Eats uh, as a new place called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. <laughs> so people order from it thinking they're getting pizza and wings from this place they never heard of, but it's Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> Pizza and Wings. Wait. Wait. You know how that got found out? It showed up on my Postmates like two days ago. And it's like, you know, same thing, pizza and wings. And I'm like, what the fuck is this place? And then I dug and it's like, <laughs> apparently that Pesquale is the last name of the fucking mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, um, after <laughs> after reading about this, uh, a lot of different restaurants actually do this. Like Applebee's apparently does the neighborhood wings. <laughs> yeah, the na- neighborhood wings is Applebee's, and they do this as well. Like it's kind of ingenious, <laughs> and I the kind balls, of it. the balls. <laughs> Like someone thinks someone thinks they're getting like good New Jersey New York pizza, and they get the fucking little rinky dink Chuck E. Cheese pizza that you thought was good when you were ten, and then you turn thirteen and you're like, this is garbage. <laughs> the best part of that story is that you could also pick it up, so you would show up Chuck E. Cheese and be like. Hey, I'm getting this from Pasquale. Where's Pasquale? Yeah. I, ho- I would only take it if it was given to me by the fucking rat in the suit. <laughs> dude, the only reason why you went to Chuck E. Cheese was to play the fucking The Simpsons arcade game. Yes. Oh, dude, the, the oh, yes. dollars into it. I'm changing my list. That game has to be The honest. Simpsons yeah. arcade game. <laughs> now one of the X-Men games. The X-Men, the X-Men game. game was great. Um, there's another interesting one that actually involves baseball from this week. But uh, the Cleveland Indians, uh, they have a great social media team because, uh, you know, most teams, the day of a game, they release their lineup card on Twitter. And it's like an animated graphic. So they reveal that in 38 of their 81 home games last year, they would post like one of the players and they were f- high 
hiding somewhere in the picture, a picture of Nicolas Cage on the player. Like they have a picture of the, of the pitcher and he's got tattoos and it looks like a flower. But if you look, it's Nicolas Cage's face. They were just <laughs> randomly dropping his face in. You got to look this up, dude. I was howling at him. Like that is very funny. And I respect the fact that they waited to tell everyone. That's the long like, plug. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy that you would think that someone by now, because people on the internet can pick up on the tiniest little things for a tell that no one picked up on it. Cause now I look at him like, Oh, there's Nicholas cage, like playing his day. It's funny as shit. I really respect that. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I want to see this for myself. Holy shit. <laughs> I like arm. Dude. Yeah. That's a lot of work for that fucking, uh, for that Photoshop. Jesus. Yeah. There, there's a really good one of, uh, let me see. Uh, what's his name? The fucking, the, um, uh, forgetting his name is shortstop. Um, but Nicholas Cage is right on the, on his chest, like right where the Jersey button is. Um, it's very, very funny. My question is, how did this come up? Like there has to be like a guy that like would get stoned, do it, show his other friends at the ballpark. And then like a PR guy goes, we need that. Send uh, those so over. The, the tweet that they revealed it. Uh, just want to let you guys know that we hit Nicholas Cage in 39 of our lineup graphics last year. We snuck it by you. You didn't even notice. It's our greatest treasure. Go on a scavenger hunt. If you please, we will send master hunters a letter of congratulations. <laughs> So I might need to do some digging through all these lineup cards to find Nick Cage. Just and get a letter from the Cleveland Indians saying congratulations, you have yeah, my life. I, but yes and no. <laughs> it would be the most baseball event that he we can experience right now. Yes, yeah. and I, um, Ralph, I think you're the only one in this room that wants baseball to happen under the rules they're proposing. I I get it. I get it. I understand. It's not the baseball I want. But the other day I went out, I was doing chores and it was one of those like the weather's nice and just having the game on in the background, not even paying attention to it. I there was that. something sure. there was something missing. And I went, I don't care if they're playing with a it's, beach ball and a Funko bat like I need this. <laughs> I would I would rather that. But I, don't, I, I would rather that because it's drastically different. I don't want you to try to keep the same fundamental game and just change it subtly and just change this little thing here. That's actually also, a big thing. Like we're not gonna get NL and we're not gonna get NLAL. We're not gonna get like, sure, like we're gonna have bastardized divisions. Like it's not gonna be what we're used to anyway. It's a one season thing. But if you're testing, the if you're if you're testing these fucking guys, why can't I cover the fucking base at all times if there's a runner on it? That one, I will. Difference. I will say that that one is the only one that I'm like. Ugh. But yeah, again, that one doesn't make sense at all. They're dude. encouraging you not to tag out a base runner. I get it. I get it. I get it. But no. But I guess so. Like my question would be then, because I haven't read too much into it. But like, if you can't hold a base runner and or if you can't tag him, and there's a force play, there, there's not a force play. Like you go from second to third, and the guy flies out, and he tags up. Honor system. Doing the, honor, the player goes, I'm Get out. Get the fuck out of here with your <laughs> yeah. fucking honor system bullshit. No. Name one player that would throw his hands up and go, I'm out. I have, a, I have a proposal. Chase Utley. I have a pro- yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I have a proposal. We go. We switch to pegging for this year. We peg him with the baseball <laughs> to get out. Yes. Better. Uh, Roger I think Clemens. It's better. Roger what, Clemens under the chest. They, they should institute the A Rob rule that if the player can swat the ball out of the way, it's cool. <laughs> Dude, but I like Barry somebody... Bonds caught his own foul ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just uh, uh, the one last thing I wanted to get to is uh, it was finally announced this week that the infamous and some demanded uh, Snyder cut, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League will be released in 2021 on HBO Max. Um, fine. 
you know what? If it's going to get people to shut up, go for it. They're going to spend another $20 million doing it. Um, but now I'm getting annoyed because you have all these other directors that made bad movies that are like, I have a, a, a cut of this. The director of Suicide Squad says he has a three-hour cut of Suicide Squad. That's and, what I, you oh, know what? God. That was over. I said the problem with the movie is it wasn't enough Suicide Squad. So you know what? <laughs> three hours, it's a little short, but I'll the, take it. Uh, Paul Feig is saying he has a three-and-a-half-hour cut of his Ghostbusters remake. Oh, uh, no. Don't need it. Don't want it. <laughs> yeah, so congrats, guys. You can play it. And this is the thing. Nothing is going to make Justice League good. It might make it better, but there, I, I mentioned to you guys in the chat the other day, there's only one time I can think of where there were two versions of the same movie where the director left uh, after filming because of creative differences, um, and it was the the prequel to The Exorcist. This came out in around 04. One was called Exorcist The Beginning. Um, and then that was the one that was like this version of Justice League that came out initially. And then they released Dominion prequel to The Exorcist that was the original vision. Some things were different, slight things. It got to the same point. They were equally terrible. The director doesn't make a difference with the bad script. One, there's one movie, the what? original Blade Runner. I think the director's cut is better. No, I disagree. I hate the direct. I don't hate the director's cut. I don't. I only watch the original Blade Runner. I don't like. I get the final it. I get cut. it. I. I do like the director's cut. No, it's the only I, one. I don't. I don't have a, a issue with director's cuts. I'm talking about um, where it's like a different director, like this whole Justice League thing, because Justice League Zack Snyder left, and then it was read parts of it were redone by Joss Whedon. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Two different the Cowboys directors. player. Um, no, 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 not the Cowboys. Brandon player. Whedon. Brandon. I mean, Justin Josh. flew all the way to Dallas just to go see Tony <laughs> Romo play. Finds out from Perosi the morning of that he's hurt and Brandon Weeding is starting. At, at 7 a.m. <laughs> to the screenshot of that text, he goes, are you fucking serious? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, do you have anything else? Nope. I got nothing. No. Uh, all right, so again, uh, shout out to Brett Healy for winning our caption con our episode title contest. Uh, he won a Primal Urge meat stick box. Um, I'm going to run another contest this week. I'll talk with you guys in the chat about what how I want to do it. But I have some ideas just to get some uh, – we might get some stories to tell on here. Um, but thank you to Primal Urge Foods. Ralph, uh, former co-host, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having um, me on, guys. This is a lot and, of fun. Um, oh, hopefully we'll be back in the studio soon, guys. Later. Peace See you out. Guys.